Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to The Horror Hangout, a podcast where film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time and talk about them. My name is Ben Errington, and today I am joined by regular co-host, Mr. Andy Conduit-Turner. Hello, Ben. Nice to be back. How you been? Hello there. Welcome back. Glad to have you back. And today we are joined by a very, very special guest, Sarah of Horror. She's a filmmaker, YouTuber, podcaster. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Hello. Thank you so much, Jenna. Hello. Hello. If you tuned in to our Fright Fest episode, right at the end, uh, we met Sarah. We we spoke to her. We chatted in about the, the festival. streets of London. Yeah, you were sitting in... like in the in the row uh, right in front of me. Yeah, yeah, it was really weird. Like I don't, I think we we interacted on Instagram a couple of times. Um, yeah, and I just turned around at one point, and you were there. I guess I was just in in my own bubble for like majority of the festival. Yeah, uh, I know. How it is. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever get that though when you meet people that you've only ever interacted with online? 90% of the time, absolutely lovely, wonderful to meet them in real life. But then the other 10% of the time, you're worried that you're going to go, oh yeah, it's me, Ben. We spoke on this thing. We actually probably spoken more than I've spoken to my parents in the last year. It's like, who? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I don't recognize no, you sorry. at all. Don't remember you. Uh, or you or you know like so, so many details about somebody's life and they're like, God, stalker. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, and it's like, no, it's just that you posted about it. Oh, so um, how's the salad you had yesterday? Really good. It seemed to be really. No, you've taken yeah. it too far. <laughs> but you you had a you had a good time at uh, Fright Fest, didn't you? Yeah, I did. It was amazing, actually. I'm so glad that was my first time at Fright Fest, and yeah, it was really good. Yeah, our first time at Fright Fest yeah. as well. Our first time live. I'm I'm pretty jealous actually that they're doing. It's one of many events, maybe we'll cover this in the news a little bit, but there are several like horror film festival or film screening events happening, as you would expect in the coming weeks as we run up to Halloween. But um, they've got like a little little two day like mini version for Halloween going on, right? Yeah, yeah. I've got that. I've got that down for the news. Fright Fest Halloween coming Segway up. Segway right into it, Ben. What's, what's screening? What's on? Segway right into it. I can't, you can't put that pre- kind of pressure on me. Jesus. So, 
Uh, yeah, so I mean, Fright Fest Halloween this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, I don't know if there's as many films as like on the sort of main fest sort of day to day, but one of the films is The Last Video Store, and we we're going to get Kev Martin on the show. I tried to get him on the show last week for an interview to talk about his film, but um, in Canada, the screening he was doing was like sold out, and he was just so in demand that I couldn't even I couldn't even get half an hour of him to chat to. Oh, him. you love to. You love just to hear so it, busy. don't you? Hell you love yeah. to hear someone like that doing well because um, for those people who haven't remember the, remember the episode that Kev came and joined us where they were talking about Night of the Creeps, I have seldom met someone so in love with the genre, so deeply embedded in all of its tropes and its trivia and just a pure, genuine love for horror filmmaking. I'm so glad to see his film selling out and to see people enjoying it and to see people interested and excited to talk to him yeah looking forward to getting him on the show to find out more about it's going to be good to chat to him like after those premieres as well because we're going to be able to find out how well the film was received i think it's been received really well so i'm just sorry i can't be there to see it myself on that big imax yeah i know i don't think we're going to be attending which is disappointing however we offer our our sincere apologies to to kev but yeah it's it's friday and saturday sorry that the uh that the the films are going to be uh, shown i think there's only free on friday and but then there's like a full day of of stuff on saturday um including films like eldritch usa lovely dark and deep sounds lovely superposition what <laughs> blue light hood witch and the last video store so yeah um check it out if you're in london obviously or nearby get yourself down there for that um it, it usually gets a bit overshadowed by the august event doesn't it so um definitely go and, and offer your support for it there uh but yeah i was oh that was that was a good segue andy i was going to segue into as well asking sarah about the sarah of horror festival is that happening this year yeah uh, the second edition of my online horror film festival uh the award ceremony will be uploaded on Halloween. So it's an online fest- film festival where people, yeah, they submit their short films, feature films, scripts, and trailers. And then I wow. select the movies and then they are nominated in various categories. And then I upload the award ceremony videos announcing the winners. Oh, wow. That's cool. That sounds so cool. And it's an That's online up- festival, you say, so people can yeah. join in with that wherever they are in the world if you're happy exactly. to stay up as early as late as you need to. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. But yeah, so that- since I'm also moving and then I have the festival, so, you know, I've been doing so many things. But it's fun. It's, it's all happening. What? If you're if yeah. you're a horror lover, I'm sure it doesn't feel like work, does it? It feels like no. It feels like fun. Um, so that's the 31st of October. That's going live. The event, isn't it? We'll we'll be sure to share that as well. Um, how, how have the submissions been this year for for everything? Have they been particularly great? Yeah, last year they were like amazing. I'm so uh, just mind blown at the talent, and this year they are equally amazing and like different kind of. Uh, categories in the horror genre it's like all types of horror so uh, it's very fun to watch and also read the scripts are really good as well Mm. how do you find um kind of like picking what gets chosen picking what kind of appears on the festival as like a filmmaker like yourself as a well director and a writer yourself how how is the process of picking those those films 
yeah, if I see something that really captivates me and shows uh, a lot of heart and passion uh, that went into making it, uh, then I'm more like, oh yeah, this, I, I have to have this. I see a lot of potential, a lot of love for the genre and just a lot of uh, talent. And you know, myself being an indie horror filmmaker, I know that sometimes the technical stuff might not be there fully because of, you know, funding issues, time issues. Yeah, a lot of things going on, uh, but I can appreciate all the hard work that goes into it. And I can still see a lot of amazing things despite, you know, some technical stuff. But yeah, I, I so I do have a more of an appreciation for indie horror um, movies in general. I guess you can assign to appreciate as someone who's faced the challenges of yeah. what you can make with the money that you have available really exactly. understanding the intent I guess of what was meant to be created and like the understanding what limitations and what they've done with so little I think that for yeah. someone who's done it themselves you probably see past just the just the finished product and where maybe something didn't yeah. quite go as much as it could have done with millions and millions of dollars behind it yeah because you know in Hollywood movies they have such a huge budget I always expect so much more you know, my yeah. expectations are so yeah. much higher. So <laughs> in these movies, I'm just uh, expecting to see the passion, the heart. Exactly. And that is why I would watch Sleepaway Camp over Titanic any day of the week. Yeah, me too. Get it up, you James Cameron. Sorry. <laughs> have you still not seen Titanic? You still haven't, have you? No, I, I know what happens. <laughs> so what? I know what happened. No, I've, 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 like, rough, I've roughly what, seen did, it. Did someone spoil the ending? No. Yeah, I, I'd... I've roughly seen it, but if you're going to ingest any Titanic media, um, I will find the author's name. There is an excellent book called The Titanic's Mummy, written by like a British um, like mystery writer. It's got loads of like like Sherlock Holmes adventure energy. It's about like a professor and his young sidekick, and they take a trip on the Titanic trying to steal some treasure. There's some bad treasure hunters there, and there's also a mummy. And God. what more could you want? That's Isn't my Titanic like, media. Didn't like Titanic six 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 or something like that come out. That's I'm pretty yeah. sure that's a thing. Yeah, I think I saw a clip of it. Um, uh, it didn't. It didn't make me go and want to watch the film, unfortunately. But you're gonna save for a special occasion and watch it. Like put it on your watch list for like your birthday or something like that. I'm gonna watch it on Christmas Eve. Come on. Uh, yeah. So. That is what well, is that all I had for horror news? I think I've got so. one more. I've got one more set of screenings coming up. Then, if people are so inclined, because as I know, and as some people know, England doesn't, you know, stop. You know, the UK doesn't stop uh, at Kent. It goes further north than that. If you find yourself what? up in Scotland, up my way, my good friends over at the DCA in Dundee, they have some of their Dundead. Um, they got something for everyone. Got something for everyone, Ben. Um, they're looking at there. So, in with the family, they've got a nice screen of the Hocus Pocus on the big screen up there. They've got the Lovely. Exorcist 50th anniversary on the day itself, so you can get in and watch. Watch family that friendly. One. Family friendly, right? And recent episode and a film we both enjoyed. Um, Michael Cole, their director over there, uh, who director of programming has chosen. Film we watched just this year, Peeping Tom, is going to be on on the 29th. Yeah, I did see that actually. Yeah, Old so Peeping plenty Tom. to see over there um, as well. So if you're up north and London's a bit far away to get, don't worry, loads of things you can go and see. And actually, while we're talking about cinema, 
I know certainly all the cinemas near me are doing like special screenings and so on. So even if you're near none of those places, mm. see what see what films are going out there. See what special screenings they've got on around Halloween. Get on down. Nothing better. Get on down. Nothing better indeed. And then Sarah, you also attended a film festival, didn't you? You attended uh, Monsters of Film Festival. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Uh, in Stockholm, Sweden, uh, it just wrapped yesterday. Uh, so uh, I didn't manage to see all the movies I wanted to see because of the move and yeah, my festival and stuff. But I managed to watch four movies at least. And as I said, three of them were amazing. And one of them uh, is probably my favorite film of the year so far. Oh, wow, really? Wow. What are yeah. we watching out for? Come on, Sarah, my, my watch list. Yeah. I've given up on ever completing uh, yeah. it, so we can keep Every, getting bigger. Everyone has to watch Hundreds of Beavers. It's called Hundreds of Beavers. Oh, it's wow. amazing. It's kind of a slapstick uh, film about a man, <laughs> his survival against beavers. <laughs> Hundreds I, of them. I saw this. I think I saw someone else raving about it. this one for once. My watch list is safe. It's thankfully on there, but I've heard it's incredible. I think I heard maybe Alexi Toliopoulos talking about it and saying how, how it was incredible, maybe his favourite film of the year. So that's two I, votes I, now. I was laughing so much. All my friends were laughing as well. At like one point, I think I had I had laughed so much. I just couldn't laugh anymore. Like all the laughs, that laughs. Just, you know, left my body. And I was like... <laughs> It's so funny, but I just like were, were there lots of beaver puns at least? Uh well they aren't talking so much in the film. <laughs> oh, okay. No. But there there's a lot of gimmicks and slapstick stuff and it's yeah, it's something special, definitely. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna have to hurry and watch that. Wow. I don't think I'd even heard of it, so I'm going to add that. It looks to... it looks phenomenal. The poster is incredible. Just this guy with loads and loads of beavers behind him. It looks brilliant. Is the subtitle possibly thousands as well? It's like hundreds of beavers, possibly thousands. Could be. God, how can you anger so many beavers? What what, what have you done wrong in life to anger that many beavers? I, I'd yeah, struggle well, to anger like one beaver. <laughs> must have destroyed something that was just destroyed their home or something yeah um that looks it looks so good i can't wait yeah that's awesome is that the first time you've been to that festival is that the first incarnation of it is it a yearly thing no uh it's i think on its 12th season or 12th wow, year, wow. year yeah so i've been going there for 10 years now uh yeah so when i first uh went there i think in 2013 and uh, I went there alone because I didn't really know anybody who liked horror movies as uh, I did. And from uh, there on, I'm always going with my horror-loving friends. We're always like this big group, and yeah, watching movies together. It's amazing. This sounds so good. I'm putting it out there, Ben. I'm not against doing a, uh, a horror film festival in Nordic. It'd be a lovely excuse to get away. Get away to Stockholm, 100%. Hell yes, I'm up for that. Maybe next year. Andy, let's yeah. do it. We want to we want to go to more film festivals, um, with the it's podcast. More, so. more sustainable than traveling over to to America as well. We can probably do it. You know, a nice little ferry trip over there. Lovely time. Sounds absolutely delightful. And uh, we've already got a friend. We've already got a friend. We've got someone we'll all know. Sit with them. Uh, Sarah, can you tell what can you tell us about this is the, the the last thing I wanted to mention before we get into the film, Bunny Man Slaughter. Oh yeah, that's 
that is my newest uh, feature film. Uh, it's the second feature film that I've written. The first one that I've directed wow. by myself. And we're still editing the film. Uh, so that will take a while. But we finished uh, shooting it uh, this summer. And, well, the movie is about uh, these three... Uh, 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 two guys uh, and a woman uh, called Hercules, Holly, and Ricky. And they are on their way to the woods, the Bunnyman Forest, uh, to party, to camp, you know, have a good time. But uh, they kind of uh, run into this Bunnyman that is a big urban legend in the Bunnyman Forest. So he kind of crashes their party. Probably. Bunny Man. If you're going into yeah. some woods called are they called the but did you just call them the Bunny Man Woods as well? I feel like yeah, if you're going into Bunny Man Forest. Bunny Man Forest. <laughs> if you're going into a place called the Bunny Man Forest and the Bunny Man turns up, you can't be shocked. You can't you can't be you can't be upset by that. Yeah. Definitely not. Uh oh wow, amazing. So you, you shot that in the summer, so that's all you are we thinking next year for, for a release for that? Yeah, uh, I really wanted to have a release next year. I was thinking this year, but uh, I think that next year will be better uh, mm. to start uh, with the film. I don't know which month or when, depends on the editing and everything and which festivals will play mm. it, of course. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's a horror comedy shot in like a, a shot of video style <laughs> type. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Looking forward and all to checking the, the out. characters are like lovable idiots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We like we just like my type of film, show, Just my type of film. That sounds great. No, Looking no one's ever to. described that this podcast as containing any lovable idiots. Just idiots. No, uh, I didn't Sarah... say lovable. Absolutely not. <laughs> Sarah, you you in the film as well? Is that right? Yeah, I am in the film. Uh, I have a small part because uh, I, I really wanted to focus on, because uh, I'm actually filming, I filmed the film for the first time. I was behind the camera, I was filming and directing, so I didn't want to, you know, be also be like, have a starring role. Uh, so I had a small, fun part, uh, was done, and then I jumped right back into filming and directing. If you turn out to be the bunny man, Sarah. <laughs> well, well, no spoilers <laughs> here. Is the Bunny Man a re- is that a real urban legend? Although I am reading it now, and it's a story of a man who got attacked well, by sickly mutated bunnies. Not, not in Sweden. There, there's no urban legend surrounding the Bunny Man here. But I, I've heard that there was one in uh, the US, but yeah. it's not where I got the idea from. So it has really nothing to do with their okay. urban legend or the Here's attack the, that a, happened. A man, yeah. a man was bitten by a radioactive bunny, and then chaos ensued. Um, awesome. We look forward to that. We'll we'll update our listeners on when that is available um, next year. Next year, of course. Um, I've done it. Done this all a bit in a mad mad order, but I will just talk about a movie called. This is kind of news, I guess, because we haven't seen this yet. Um, it's a wonderful knife, which is a Christmas slasher <laughs> movie coming out um, on set on the seventh of November, and we have just. Um, scheduled an interview with the director tyler mcintyre so we're hoping to speak to him this week so we'll, we'll... You met him. you've met him i have it was oh right fast in glasgow uh because i used to have a youtube channel called bitches of horror where i interviewed uh in the horror filmmakers and uh, i interviewed him uh i think after we saw patchwork because it was oh, yeah there. yeah yeah and so yeah that's amazing yeah <laughs> he was we are a lovely guy 
Yeah. yeah, at time of recording, I'm going to meet him in a couple of days. So Wednesday this week, yeah. I'm going to catch up with him. So interview will come out a little while later as we get a little bit closer to release. But I'm really excited to see the film. Like, I think this is from the trailer alone. Um, I immediately can tell this is going to be my kind of thing and something that's going to go into that lovely rotation of movies that come between Christmas and Halloween. Yeah, and oh. just the title, amazing. Yeah, it's so so good. Family. Great, great concept. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so looking forward, looking forward to that. That should be good. Um, I guess, yeah, we'll talk about what we've been watching. I know we covered a little bit of something you've seen, Sarah, but I don't know if Andy, have you seen anything this week oh. that you wanted to discuss? We've just been tell, tell on you what, the road man. again. No, I've been on a plane, haven't I? Perfect place for watching um movies, yeah. of course. But let me tell you about some real life horrors first. How triggered and upset I was by some of the grouping of the um of the films on the plane first thing that immediately upset me was there was a little section you know when you're sort of scrolling and it's giving you some suggestions for your flight and the categories you can choose one of them was seriously short films it's like a short film selection on a flight what an absolute treat no no the shortest film on their short film selection was 90 minutes. And I was like, that is not a short film. That is regular. They've uh, missed up, they've mixed up short films and just short feature films. Though, look, yeah, they? look, I know that I know that June is on here and that's almost three hours. And there's several and um Bo is Afraid was on there as well, like massive. But doesn't mean 90 90 minute film is suddenly a short one. Um no. so I was already upset by that, but don't worry, it's almost Halloween, haven't they? So good folks at BA. I've got a uh, got a little selection for for frightening movies, for horror movies for the Halloween season. First one on there on the little horror section. And they did have horror films on there. Us was on there. There was some good horror films, but the first one on there, Batman. And I was like, I know there's a bat wait, in it, and bats are wait. spooky. What like the original Batman? Original 1989 Batman. Yeah, it's because of Jack Nicholson's face in that. That's terrifying. Unless, to be fair, I used unless to be they're saying that I'm a criminal and therefore I would be afraid of Batman. He will break your legs for, for next to nothing. Yeah. Jay, jaywalking. The pettiest of crimes. Um, and then the final upsetting thing was there was like a little hidden gem section on there. Hidden gems? I wonder what hidden lesser known films are going to be on this section. What if I find a, like a new discovery, a real, a real indie <laughs> darling? Jaws was on there. <laughs> That's yeah, right. No one, no one has seen it. I don't know what that, that I is. Uh, well, I'll set so. the scene for you. Like it's a from a uh, little-known director that uh, he's done a couple Stevie. of things. Yeah, Stevie. His name's Steven something. Yeah, and um, it's about this shark on this island. Yeah. Yeah. So Sounds after I've been Sounds after I've right. been upset by that, I watched a couple of films on the plane. I watched I watched June. I mean, spaces. Space is real horrible, but um, it's not really a horror film. But I did sit and watch. Dusty. It's ever so dusty. And those worms, they'll give you a spook. I watched 65, the Adam Driver and the Dinosaurs one. Um, oh, yeah. And then I did sit down and watch The Pope's Exorcist. Oh, wait. I like how you said, and then I sat down to watch. I'm assuming you were sat down the whole time, right? Well, I had a little stand up between, but yeah. I did. I did. Did you, so, did, you power, did you power walk down the aisle? You'd have kind of go do that. I, I said, oh, "No, I wouldn't. I would never." <laughs> oh, go on then. Pope's Exorcist. The Pope's Exorcist. Uh, um, have either of you seen the Pope's Exorcist? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. What, what what was your opinion? Like, I could, for a while it took me a moment to get into it because old, like, old uh, it, it wasn't 
bit different than I thought it would be. I think it was more kind of comedic than I thought yeah. it would be. Mm -hmm. In some some places, I'm like, oh, it's supposed to be funny. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. and he's riding his little scooter from here, there, and everywhere. He's going from Italy to Spain on his little scooty and having all his little and having all his little coffees. Yeah, and like there's yeah. the like there's the the cardinals who are trying to like tell him off when he comes up in front of the board. And he's like, "Oh, get me a uh, get me a coffee, grazie." And then he's like, "Oh, you're going to be sacked." The Pope's exorcist. He goes, "Oh yeah, you're going to sack me, are you? You have to only my boss can sack me. Is my boss a second? God. Oh, it's the Pope, isn't it? Yeah, you <laughs> oh, no, but Pope. You can't, you can't. He goes, I'm not going to call the funny Pope. So well, see you later. Like so." Russell Crowe's The Pope's Exorcist is really is he's like quite light and funny. And then you get some of the possession scenes and you know, some of the extremity they go into there, I think knocked the new exorcist into a cocktail. Like it was like some of the extremity of the violence and just how rude the bloody demons are. Mm. They're far ruder in the Pope's Exorcist than they are in just yeah. the regular, the Archbishop of Canterbury's Exorcist that we recently watched, the second one. Sarah, did you see The Exorcist Believer as well? I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I was going to watch it in cinema, but then I heard like the reviews, and I'm like, yeah. maybe I'll wait until you know. Uh, I think I it is video on demand or stream or something. I think it is on demand, like pretty much in the yeah. next couple of in the next couple of days. It's I read that soon, so you'll be able to you'll be able to watch it. Yeah, so it's hard for me to know to take it, but like I enjoyed it enough, I think. And you know, I think the setup as the premise for the Pope's Exorcist that not spoiling any details of it, but it kind of sets up that you could just do a series of these. He could just be the Pope's He's Exorcist goes to Ibiza. <laughs> we could go, to, we could go. <laughs> like you go anywhere. It's not Fast and the Furious it. style. Fast yeah. and the Furious style. We could get <laughs> the Pope's Tokyo. Exorcist Tokyo Drift. So Pope's Exorcist Tokyo Drift. Secret the of the Pope's... Ooze, Judgment Day. I mean, Judgment Day, very Bible as well. Yeah, <laughs> all these things. I'm looking forward to it. I hope I hope we get yeah. more of them. Yeah. So it, it was it was fun. Very very silly at times, but then other other times like very very serious. A bit of tonal whiplash. And other than that, Ben, I finished um, I finished the Hell House LLC tr trilogy. So I'm oh, all. did. So I can ask Ash what she wanted to say about the 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 trilogy. Now they're all together. And I can yeah. be ready for the prequel that comes out anytime now. Lovely, lovely stuff. Um, talking of like Hell House, I watched something called Monster Inside. It was like America's most extreme haunted house experience or something like that. <laughs> I probably butchered the title of it then. Um, I wasn't going to mention it because it was pretty naff, but I thought I'd just mention it. <laughs> In terms of that, it's like a real story about some guy and he's clearly like having a power trip because he's like, there's a cat close up right now, which uh, <laughs> which I which I always enjoy. <laughs> but there's this guy, he's like, he gets people to sign up, sign a waiver. And he's like, basically, I do whatever I want to. And it seems like he's just a bit of a knobhead and he gets a kick from it. Um, It wasn't great. It was one of those documentaries where you're like, OK, well, what's the point? You know, when you're just like, make a point about something. Are you tracking this guy down? Has no. he learned a lesson? No, who knows? Okay, and what's yeah. that called? Oh, sorry, you just said you butchered the Monster, title. So. Monster Inside, America's Most Extreme Haunted House. 
So it isn't even a haunted house, right? This is not a haunted house. It's a torture house, basically. It's a a torture house. They go, oh, we're going to waterboard you. We're going to lock you in in an empty chest freezer. We're going to put spiders on your head. Uh, We're going to cover you. Yeah, it was basically like, we're going to push you to your very limits. Uh, It's not like, boo. It's literally like... Jump um, out, give you a Chinese burn. Um, None of that. None of that. It's all just horrible, horrible torture Yeah, stuff. really horrible um, stuff. Yeah, I don't and know. Does, I don't know any much... chance does the waiver say that you're not allowed to get him back or something like that? Like you're not allowed to thump me if I do something <laughs> mean. That's not allowed. I think he needs that. I think he need, and it, he kind of treated it a bit like Tinder. So he would like sort of meet people and like meet women, younger women, because he's like fifties, sixties, and then kind of like build up an emotional connection with them while he was torturing them. And then almost like manipulate them into some sort of romantic scenario with him. Do you know what I mean? Like not, not like actually coercing somebody, but manipulate them. If that makes sense. Yeah. Watch oh, doc- so you watch found document- out a documentary about the most horrible bloke allegedly. Yeah. Um <laughs> Horrible bloke. Um. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't enjoy that. You no, know, he's not a horrible bloke though. Um. Someone else who I've watched a bit of his program. Only the first episode so far. Um. Notoriously nice man um danny robbins his series uncanny that's a long-standing podcast series it's on tv now i saw the first episode of uh of the thing um, of, of it on bbc2 so it's on iplayer if you're in the uk now um if you like the podcast it's it's more of the it's more of the same they lean a little bit into the sort of dramatic but they're not quite at like um most haunted levels but you know he does do a good speculative look at camera like could it be a natural ghost could it be real now could it be uh, real but then his friend who's the skeptic comes out and goes nah it's probably not actually it might just be pipes or or your mom's a liar or something like that but um it's good it's a good series i've started the first one i'll be carrying on watching that next few weeks awesome sarah anything else you've seen this week on top of uh, i watched uh, apocalypse clown yesterday at Monsters Film. And yeah, the apocalypse happens and we follow these bunch of actual clowns. Oh my Thank God. You. I feel like these, based on these titles alone, although as I start Googling apocalypse, the first thing that comes up before Apocalypto, before Apocalypse Now, Apocalypse <laughs> Clown comes up before that. The algorithm be... knows you too well, Ben. It sure does. <laughs> it sure does. Are you not, um, I, hope you're not, I hope you're not scared of clowns though, right? No, but that, that that was a fun one. Yeah, and then I also watched a French film called The Animal Kingdom, where people were like slowly turning into animals. Oh. Yeah, so we had like one side that thought that, you know, those uh, animals should have like human rights or animal rights. And then we had another group of people that were like against it and wanted them, oh, want, want them you know, locked up, gone. So it's kind of a battle and then that's weird you know uh they realize that they are turning into animal themselves yeah this looks wow. great i'm adding this straight to my watch list and i can it see was, that romaine romaine durie who plays francois in the film he's in yeah. he's he plays the director in final cut final cut which yeah, i yeah. really loved at fright fest glasgow oh lovely really love yeah Sweet. i have to get straight on that um, just one more thing I'll mention before uh, we talk about Deep Red. I went to the Women Make Horror short film showcase at Watershed at the Watershed Shed Cinema 
in Bristol. It was organized by writer-director Melanie Light. Uh, there are 10 short films, um, all, all really good, all really good. 90 quality. minutes or less, Ben? Short films, Le- apparently? Way less, way less than 90 minutes. The shortest one was like five minutes. Uh, the longest, like 20. But I won't mention all of them. However, there were some highlights, and the highlights for me included a film called Bad Acid, by uh, directed by Sam Fox. Not that Sam Fox, Andy. Get your mind, mind out of the gutter! Uh, a film called... Oh, television Yummy. presenter Sam Fox. That's only a recent I know her. Yeah, of course. Uh, she hosted the Brits that time. Yummy Mummy, directed by Gabriella Stanisescu. Um, and then a film called Dana by Lucia Forner Sagara, which was kind of like a, a, a kind of like a, one of the, a rape revenge film, but very framed very differently. Um, and it was great. It was really good. And it was just a really fun night. And uh, a row- uh, Melanie encouraged the crowd to be very rowdy and rowdy they were. And I think when you when you know that a crowd is going to be rowdy, you get involved, don't you? You get involved in it. It's when the rowdy crowd sneaks up upon you and you don't expect yeah, it. When you're not in the mood for it, when you're just coming <laughs> to sit down to watch something, something quietly, you're like, bloody shush. But I'm Shut expecting if, if people are talking about rowdy, what levels of yeah. rowdy are you talking, Ben? Are you talking the opening scene from Scream 2? Are you talking Gremlins? Not as Nothing's rowdy that, as that rowdy, surely. Nothing's that rowdy. That's madness. Someone oh, swinging around with popcorn bags on their ears. No, no time for that. Although someone next to me did spill their drink all over my feet. So in a That's way... That's too rowdy. <laughs> Come on. He did apologise there. Oh, uh, okay, yes. So that was good. And the last thing I saw um, is I, I, I managed to check out It Lives Inside, which was at Fright Fest, wasn't it? Did either of you see it at Fright Fest? I didn't catch it at Fright Fest. No. Um, interesting stuff is um, an Indian-American teenager struggling with her cultural identity. She's being stalked by some kind of demonic entity. Um, what vibes was it giving me? I guess like a bit of Nightmare on Elm Street because there was lots of stuff in Dreams as well. Um, and demon-wise, it was very reminiscent, reminded me of a few... Uh, like Resident Evil, Resident Evil 4 beasties that we've seen, especially in the remake of the game recently as well. So some really good creature design. Um, and yeah, an interesting take on that sort of setup with some different cultural stuff included, you know, because sometimes it's, it's kind of like it's one thing or another. But this, having it be some like an Indian-American um, teenager and her family and all of the cultural stuff that goes along with that was interesting. I thought it was, I thought it was good. Sounds grand. We've all been having such a good time watching loads of movies. My watch list is going to be chockers just as I start to feel like I'm making progress. Sure is. Uh, And that was it, apart from the film of the week. The film of the weeks, um, which was okay, Sarah. Did you just suggest it, or did did you choose it from the from the list? I I think I chose it. Yeah, yeah, I chose it. I'd stuck a few Jalo films on the list of upcoming episodes for us because we'd covered a few recently and I think I kind of wanted to add some more to to the, the episode list as well. So Deep Red is a 1975 Italian Jalo film directed by Dario Argento and there's a copy of it there. Oh, hell yeah. That's a brilliant cover as well, isn't it? That is a great cover. Um, yeah, there's loads of like different covers and poster designs for it, but yeah. that is a... The, the poster design, which is like the most common i guess which is like the doll and some sort of zombie in the background i mean that doesn't even actually happen in the (laughs) that doesn't even happen in that doesn't even happen in the film does it it's like hang on a minute where's this going um so yeah 1975 
Jalo film directed by Dario Argento. Um, it stars David Hemmings as a musician who okay. investigates a series of murders performed by a mysterious figure wearing black leather gloves. David Hemmings, right? I was like, I recognize this guy. Gonna have to give him a little bit of a Google. And I recognize him from loads of stuff. He's been like a bit part actor in, well, that sounds mean. I don't mean it like that. Uh, a, a smaller role actor in loads of stuff like The A Team, um, Gangs of New York, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. His eyebrows, if you haven't seen his eyebrows in the last 10, 20 years, please take a look. Because I've never seen eyebrows like this on a human being before. I am I am baffled, impressed, and a little bit scared by these eyebrows. So yeah, I will go- definitely Google his eyebrows after. <laughs> yeah. Please Google David Hemmings and David, if, David if, Hemmings eyebrows. It's like the don't even don't even Google David Hemmings eyebrows. Just Google David Hemmings and those eyebrows. Because in this film, not for a second do I think that guy's got mad eyebrows. I just think yeah. standard eyebrows. Just a normal man. His yeah. eyebrows are like. Ming the Merciless. I'm not joking. Please do it. Um, okay. So so yeah, starts David Hemmings. Oh yeah, I can see this. Yeah, he's kind of like um Yeah. It's insane. Um he's got, he's got he's he's got the perfect eyes to be in a brilliant like drag cabaret act, except he's just a normal elderly man in a in a suit. Yeah. Um the film's score was composed and performed by Goblin. Of course it was. Um, this was like one of those sort of main themes where I'm like I'm I'm incredibly familiar with that. I don't. It made me feel like they've used it in another film, but I guess they haven't, which means I've heard this piece of music before I'd even seen the film. Um, who else have we got in it? Daria Nicolodi, uh, Gabrielle Lavia, uh, Maca Muriel, and just a few. So in terms of scores, it's got seven point five on IMDb. 93% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, 86% audience score, 3.9 on Letterboxd, and some choice reviews on Letterboxd. Patrick Willems says, uses a brilliant technique where every time someone is about to die, it plays the coolest music in the world, so every murder scene turns into a dance party. Four yeah. stars. Music goes so hard in this film. It yeah. goes incredibly hard. Yeah. Um, Joe Lynch says masterful. Is it that Joe Lynch? Masterful compositions, a deliciously infectiously creepy score, pure giallo iconography, and enough classic Dario moments with what feels like an actual story. Um, four and a half stars. Media pundit says Deep Red is a masterpiece of dreamlike horror, a nightmare wrapped in a gruesome detective story. Uh, five stars. And then <laughs> Jason Lee says dull and misogynistic pianist who looks like a tired Rick Mayle repeatedly turns down the advances of a sexy 70s journalist for 180 minutes. Four stars. Uh, Which is true. Um, (laughs) Which I was kind of baffled by. Such a weird character. But yeah, so is this one of your your favourite Jalo films then, Sarah? Uh, Yeah, it is, but uh, I... Do you like Suspiria more from Dario Argento? That's actually my favorite film uh, ever. Is uh, it? And I also oh, wow. okay. think I prefer Tenebre. Uh, but I really like Deep Red as well. Uh, I saw it, I think, oh, when I was oh, maybe 15 or 16. And then I've seen it a couple of times. But uh, today was like the first rewatch in many years, so to speak. Yeah. 
Wow, amazing! And a first so time watch. revisit. First time watch for me and Andy. I think I saw. I've seen a different cut to you, to you guys. I think you both saw. Um, I guess like a director's seen, cut or maybe like you've yeah. seen British Airways short film version only 90 minutes yeah. whereas we've seen two hour jobs <laughs> so yeah, it's I... here in its full length director's cut uh, yeah so TV. if I if I skip over any any details uh, please please feel free to to let me know and I'll, I'll, I'll jump backwards um, but yeah this is like it feels like it's got all of the pieces of a classic giallo film a classic Argento giallo film I feel like you're getting everything like Everything that's expected from a jello film, you're 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 getting here, aren't you? Um, there's a lot of play with um, like there's like twists with who you think perhaps the killer is going to be. Um, there's a couple of interesting subplots of interesting characters. There's some like play on gender as well, which I think Dario Argento seems to do a lot, especially with um, like minor characters as well. Like I, I've definitely seen like a video as essay on YouTube about how Dario Argento seems to put in the uh, different characters with different uh sort of genders um which was interesting to see again and again like sort of um Dario Argento especially like Tenebrae has been thought of as like one of the iconic queer giallo movies and I guess like Deep Red's got some of those subplots in there as well going on um because even though the character of da- of David Hemmings as Marcus Daly is misogynistic there's a little bit of sexual tension between him and carlo i think who's always on who's always on the source carlo uh, there's a little carlo bit of never stops tension never stops he's them. always on it he's always on it yeah exactly um which is you could probably look into this like obviously the last description of oh there's a guy who rejects the advances of a seventies journalist a sexy seventies journalist for 180 minutes and maybe the reason he's being so horrible, misogynistic, maybe he's repressing something. You know, That's what I, I wasn't sure away. he did. I, I, I took away a little bit that maybe they just got together off camera because there's a bit like, come on, I'll show you how to unwind. And there's a little bit like, and then it literally does a scene cut, and then he's doing his shirt. I'm just told you'd feel better. I just oh. assumed they just wait a minute, add it away that, off camera. Is that a director's cut moment? As well, because well, they're, they're walking, they're walking through a park after a funeral where they've been lining up suspects, and yeah. he goes, "She goes, oh, you're so stressed all the time. Look at your hands, always shaking about." And he goes, "Oh, it's because I'm an artist. I'm sensitive. Goes, oh, I'm very, I'm not like a tough old elephant like like you journalists." She goes, "No, I'm actually very sensitive. I've got real soft skin." Look, and he gives her a little stroke on the neck, and then the next thing you know, she goes, "Come on, let's go then." And then it cuts to the scene. And he's doing up a shirt. She just told you you'd feel better. So I'm he not just, sure they didn't just have it way off camera. Just, just tickled her. She just tickled him all over the chest. Nice. <laughs> Let's this continue film, this conversation back at home. This film also reminds me a little bit of, um, and and sorry if this is just a UK thing, Sarah. Um, a very not just not just a UK thing, but a very, quite a niche UK thing. Reminds me a bit of Jonathan Creek. <laughs> have you? Heard, <laughs> do you agree, Andy and Sarah? Have you ever heard of Jonathan Creek? I don't. I don't know. Well, it's like a, it's like Sarah, a. Sarah, you're missing out. What a, uh, yeah. it's probably our strongest cultural export. So, it's about a, it's about a man who is a quite a grumpy magician's assistant, ever so clever though, and he solves and he solves murders that yeah. would appear to be impossible, but with his, okay. with his skills in designing magic tricks, he can, yeah. he can solve the murders, and he has immense sexual tension with Caroline Quentin, who plays a journalist, who. Yeah. And you know, you spend the whole thing going, 
Will they? Will, will they, they ever sleep they? together? They never quite do. And it's one of the it's one of those things where again there's loads of twists and turns in it you think the answer is going to be one thing and it turns out to be another thing and he usually yeah. reveals the answer in a room full of people and goes like this is actually what happened anyway it reminded me of that it's got a that has got also got a great theme tune <laughs> it, does. Gonna... It's that it spook, does it's that it's that spooky it's that spooky music not quite as spooky as midsummer murders music but still pretty spooky i think yeah. it's a piece of classical music called dance macabre oh Oh, is it? Don't know where I pulled that from. Apparently, I know more about classical music than I thought. You've pulled that one straight out <laughs> of your Off the top arse. of the dome. <laughs> Off the top of the dome. Um, okay, so I guess we should get into into the plot. So, again, if I miss miss anything out, please feel free to to jump in. Um, and it starts with like an open, a cold open, where it's just like a shot of a floor. Uh, a Christmas like, murder. It's a bloody Christmas murder, the worst time to do one. Yeah, and it, it comes quite suddenly. You know, you hear that um, nurse's rhyme or, you know, school at night song, la 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 la. And then someone is getting killed, uh, but you see a shadow of it. And then you see the knife dropping and a pair of what we assume uh, is a child's pair of legs. And yeah. that's it. And then it cuts to the uh, song and title. Yeah, so and I love this. Um, yeah. I love this like little Christmas murder reveal because I think this could have only be made in this time where those shoes that we see—they're proper like school shoes, which could belong to a boy or a girl. They're yeah. just shoes that you would only have when you're at school with big long white socks on. My my immediate suspicion for the murder at this point is it's bloody Veruca Salt not got what she wants for Christmas, stabbed up a poor dad because that's what the that's the look about it. It's got those. Those school shoes on, and I thought there's been a Christmas murder here. They've not got the right. They've not got the right present. She's kicked off. There's been a Christmas <laughs> yeah. murder. You get that with the killer, though. We see the killer's feet, and I think it's purposely framed so we don't like identify what gender yeah. the killer could be, because he's got lovely, smart shoes on. Oh, the killer goes to great goes to great lengths throughout this film to be, like disguised from people that they can't in the film know who's watching loads of like wearing wearing leather gloves and like something that covers every bit of skin so you never yeah, so you get plenty of glances so, of them i have yeah don't they look isn't the killer outfit very similar to pieces as well it is isn't it like coat and hat and gloves. that's a standard standard murderer attire just look like spy versus spy look like a like a <laughs> like a newspaper strip like spy with like a big high collar jacket and a big Wide brim yeah. hats, you can never be found. Uh, and the incredible bright, brightly coloured blood is is. Yeah, you have to love Jalo movie blood. Just just hits different. Yeah, it's impressive, isn't it? Um, and then it's twenty years later in Turin, and there's a conference. Was there something before that in in your version? No, no just no, just some conference. jazz. Yeah. There's oh some yeah, jazz. there's a scene. Yeah, there's a scene with uh, Mark Marcus' character where he plays. Uh, they are playing jazz, and he's yeah being there and commenting on. Yeah, he's commenting because oh, I'll tell yeah. you what, that jazz was really good, and obviously setting up those people in the oh, you know what brilliant work boss is because ah too good, too good in fact. Oh. Jazz is meant to be a bit shit, so play it a bit dirtier. Oh, that's so. annoying, isn't it? 
that's brilliant. So that's long. perfect. That's on the money, but it's too perfect. It's too it's perfect. perfect. I don't like it actually. Try and play it just a little bit ruder, a little bit, a little bit differently. <laughs> that's how you do jazz. So yeah, so twenty years later, there's a conference. Um, Professor Giordani is chairing it, and it features a psychic medium called Helga Ullman. And Helga does. Uh, I'm I'm well psychic. I am. I can actually tell you that this man in the third row has got some keys in his hand. Uh, in fact, one of the keys is bloody massive. Yeah, one key and... that's bloody massive. And then after she after he does that, then it's like, and your name's this, and you live here. <laughs> Yeah. And this is your favourite colour. I'm already impressed. This is Darren Brown all over, all over again, isn't it? I'll never fall for it. Um, and But then Helga suddenly gets overwhelmed by horrific, twisted, perverted, murderous thoughts of somebody in the audience. Yeah. There's a connection with someone. There's a killer in that audience. I know it. In their midst. Yeah. But a childlike killer. I love this bit as well, where she like Helga's two powers, by the way. Incredibly psychic, lovely, shiny, blonde bob. Um, and then, like she, go, they go. Oh, she's having a big, big psychic vision of all these things. She goes, "I'm alright, I'm alright, actually." And then it just hits her door. So she goes from like <laughs> absolutely going mad because terrible psychic visions. Then it's okay, and then it's like, "No, I'm fine." Ah! And then kicks off yeah. over again. And I've never seen someone try and have someone's go, have some bloody water, and they give her that glass of water, literally shove it in her mouth. And then she's down it, and then she spits all the water out. Yeah, and does a big spit down. Yeah. dribbling off her chin. So let us stop having a psychic vision before you try and give her water. The sound design in this film is insane. There are at least, I reckon, 10 times where I went, whoa, what's going on? Like shrieking and just like just a really loud, just a, a huge, like like a, a not necessarily a jump scare because it felt like it was all very organic noise, like uh, a bird flying towards you, um, a horrible creepy dummy with lovely pencil thin eyebrows coming yeah. coming towards you <laughs> he, he'll, he'll come, let you have to bonk him on the head but first so after she gets over having her psychic episode um you know uh, uh our lady says no actually i'm all right now but there was and she's explaining more about the the event that she's had and the psychic vision she describes it as also quite childlike um, but little do we know, there's a figure listening from the, like the mm. auditorium, the, the from the shadows. Is this the kind of film where you feel like you could have, without spoiling it at this point, could you have started to work out who the killer could have been fairly early on? Do you think, or do you think it was very well hidden? We see a bit of someone putting on some eyeliner, right? Yeah. Was that but not Helga? I... No. No, no. I, I think I think it was someone else. So it was like a close up of the eyes. Uh, but when I first saw it the first time, I had no idea who who could be the killer at this point. Or yeah, I was like, I yeah, I I, I completely wrong guessed this until yeah. it wasn't it wasn't that person. I was like, okay, so obviously <laughs> saw the eyeliner going on. Says so right, Claudia Winkleman. If she's not in this, then I'm out of ideas. Um, and then. But this is before we've even seen, well, we've only seen a murder in the distant past. This is when we go back to um, our psychic's house and she is having a yep. phone call explaining what's happening. What's that? A knock at the door at this hour. Little ring of the bell, go to answer it. Ding dong, cleaver man. Straight as soon as she gets to the door, yeah. chopped. Yeah, that's what I like about his movies because some of the death scenes just, just come out of nowhere. Like, she opens the door, boom, cleaver. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah. In a film, in a film with less um less restraint, there'd be a cat jump scare first, right? One of the cats would be out, or she'd already be scared. No, she's just gonna answer the door. I'm not even sure she gets to answer it. I think the door gets chopped open by the Cleaverman and straight into the shoulder, that lovely Italian, yes. like the giallo yeah. red blood is everywhere. Yeah. It's yeah, it's, it's intense. And I thought she was definitely um done for. There's nothing you can't yeah, she's definitely done for. Yeah, um, but yeah, the... there's some amazing music as well mm. when she died. Yeah. The music that's the thing. The music in a way is great, but it does kind of ruin things because you know as soon as the music starts kicking off, A, someone's gonna get attacked, and B, they're most likely not gonna live through it. This is a murder scene. They're yeah. dead. Um but yeah, it's awesome because not just this main theme, but all of the music that goblins seem to provide for it. It's like it's just some of it's so odd. Like it's really strange, isn't it? It's like it's a little bit like it's like melancholy, but it's a bit upbeat in a way. Uh, especially a bit where um Marcus starts running up the stairs after he sees it in a minute. It kind of reminded me of like uh oh sorry that everything's reminding me of British TV, but like a like a like a seventies British sitcom of like somebody running up the stairs, upstairs, downstairs. Yeah, and I, and I was also thinking uh some of the music kind of reminded me of the uh, I think Italian Euro crimes movies, like the oh wow, okay police kind of chase like a bit silly, but a bit intense. Yeah. So yeah, the music That's... was very diverse in a lot of the scenes. You know, you'd love this music, then. Bloody Marcus, the the conductor. It's a bit dirty, isn't it? It's you it's know a not too dirty, perfect. Yeah, it's a little exactly. bit. It's a little bit wonky. It's like <laughs> takes you off, takes you off beat. So he, were he not in the film, were he just listening to this music as a film watcher rather than a participant, he'd be like, brilliant. Yeah, you'd have a lot to say. Exactly. Um. But yeah, so he's a so jazz musician and band leader, Marcus Daly. He looks, he's with his friend Carlo. Carlo, they're having a, what are they even doing? They're just on the street drinking. Carlo's having yeah. a piss up yeah. by the fountain, right? Yeah, he and he has been drinking a lot, so he's super drunk. He's yeah. super drunk and very philosophical. He goes through little bits of the Communist Manifesto. He's like, oh, those bourgeoisie, they don't want you to be. You want to get out of here while you can. And then, yeah, and then Marcus looks up and he sees basically the end of this murder and he sees, like, somebody getting their head smashed through. They don't fall out the building, do they? They just get their heads smashed. Yeah, they just get their... They get they get cleavered through the window and then she gets spiked on the glass. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And as any good Samaritan would do, you run immediately up to, to her aid. Yeah, but it's too late, obviously, because she has been cleavered several times at this point before the glass incident even. So I think the police even say, like, oh, half a dozen of these were fatal blows. And they've even got a few more after that as well. So any number of them would have would have done for you. So she's been extra killed at this point. Extra killed. This is exactly how it works. And um, what is the thing we get with, because we meet the the lead detective, the captain here, is it an Argento thing? Is it a, a Jalo thing in general? Do all of the detectives have to have like a quirk or a thing? Because this I think one it's is a Jalo thing, actually. Yeah. Because this one, he loves a white bread sandwich with the cut with the crust cut off. He's just <laughs> pounding those sangers like there's no tomorrow. Like literally between <laughs> lines. Like yeah, sure. So... Has he made a little pat lunch for himself? Yeah, and he's, he's brought it along. 
He's having his like marmalade maybe, sandwiches. Maybe that was what he actually got to eat on set. And they were like, yeah, you can only eat but in the scene, okay? He's like, okay, okay. That's oh, maybe that's, maybe that's what he'd do. He's like having his sandwiches and would be like, oh, I've said that line wrong, actually. I'm going to have to uh, do that again. <laughs> I will need another sandwich. Smart. That's smart. If you, were a, if you were an Italian detective, what sandwich would you have if you had to have the same one every day? Oh, well, if you're Italian, some sort <laughs> of Italian meat. Yeah, <laughs> maybe Maybe some, I, I don't know, prosciutto or oh, something. Yes, like that. very nice. a fantastic choice. Yeah. Yes, 100%. You don't want a meatball maybe. marinara, you'd be spilling that down yourself. <laughs> oh, no, definitely not. Especially if it's a foot long. You look ridiculous on a crime scene, chowing down a foot long. <laughs> yeah, lovely triangle sandwiches. Lovely, lovely, tuna, lovely tuna and sweet corn. Quite a stable sandwich. <laughs> oh, it'd have to be imagine? stable, wouldn't it? You'd be on the move all day. Yeah, like it's good. You know, it's good protein, got some carbs from the bread there. What you don't want to be having, solving murders in hot Italy, is something like egg. Can you imagine? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> but then that would be a quirk. If a, if, a, if a guy turned up eating egg sandwiches, it'd be a quirk for a jello film. Yeah, true. Um, so Marcus, he thinks one of the apartment's paintings has disappeared because um, he remembers seeing yeah. it. Does he remember seeing it from ground level? Or I think when he, he remember seeing it when he first came in to solve them. When he first came in to like try and aid the woman, he, but, yeah. But it was so briefly, like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. so he, I guess he kind of thinks that like whoever killed her has taken the painting as well. Um, so Marcus is like identified as the eyewitness, and this is when Gianna Bretzi turns up. Um. A, she's so cool. Reporter. I love her in this film. She's very cool, yeah. Like like she's like she seems to be like one level or one step closer to reality than all the characters in it. She sort of walks in and they text her, like, What are you doing here? She's like, ha ha. ha. And I'm allowed. I, I love her camera. It looks it's very cute. <laughs> very cute. Um, she's not in it nearly enough though, I don't think. I think she should be um sort of like a mainstay throughout the film, but a lot of the investigating Marcus kind of does on his own, which I thought was a bit of a shame. Well, that's what she gets angry about later. Just stop leaving me bloody out of this investigation. I'm a much cooler character, Marcus. Yeah, stop it, you fool. I've got to keep saving you. Um, so Marcus, this is when he goes to visit the home of his friend Carlo, uh, which is when he meets Carlo's mother, Martha, who was like a film star. And she got a whole wall of photos of herself from when she was in films. Um, which I think is fine. I don't think that's narcissistic at all. It's lovely. Yeah, if you've done some, if you've done lots of film work, then why not have have yourself up on the wall, eh? Be proud oh. of yourself. Society's always trying to make you smaller than you are, Martha. You you stand up for yourself. <laughs> Be proud of your achievements. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then he directs. She directs him to like Carlo's bedroom, and then there's somebody who answers the door, and initially like um. Marcus like goes to walk away. Like, oh, sorry, sorry for bothering you. And then when he when he does get let in and he walks in, uh, Carlo says, "That's right, your friend. Not only a heavy drinker, but also an F slur." He says, um, "Oh no, that's uh, unfortunate for the time in." Although, yeah, hang on, I just realised I didn't have that problem in Italian. I just had subtitles. Says, they didn't subtitle that. Oh, they didn't. Okay, so maybe oh. just my version then, especially for English English language. <laughs> yeah, those bigots in England, they'll enjoy that. 
And I was kind of interested. So again, when I talk about the play on 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 gender, this to me looked like, and I've confirmed it since, um, it looked like a woman was playing the character of a man. And in this, even in the story of this, they were kind of making out that it was a man, a very feminine looking man, but it was a woman. I've Googled the cast. Um, they put a little fake, put a little fake mustache on her and everything. That's what to say. I thought they had some, like just the hate, like the faintest wisp of it. But yeah, so there's a woman that they made up, was it? Yeah, the faintest wisp of of a of a mustache. Um, and yeah, you can see at this point that Carlo's like in a bad way. He's obviously struggling with something internally. Uh, yeah, which is an interesting little subplot, really, isn't it? Yeah, it wasn't. He's, he's clearly troubled, but he doesn't really. I think he's kind of factored from where we follow Marcus through. He's like a another character that we we kind of are allowed to forget at various times, but then he checks in on him just periodically, or we see him out drinking again. Because that what was is, the point, what? actually. Because when when Marcus was up and he saw the murder out the window, he looks back down and sees someone in a raincoat escaping, just as Marcus is, uh, just as Carlo is staggering back into the street. So we've seen right. them. And he sort of asked, "Oh, did you see someone in a raincoat just come past here?" Um, so they've been they've been near each other. They've just missed each other. So Carlo's kind of been near the scene as well. Hmm. Uh, okay. And then after that, the killer like comes to Marcus's place, doesn't he? tries tries to get at him. And then is that when they have a little bit of a, a like you can hear him for, for the other side of the door because he locks it. Yeah, he has another couple of incidents with. Um... Gianna first because this is where they have they go to the funeral this might be what maybe one of your cut scenes Ben so they have the funeral um where Gianna kind of points out some more of the characters in in Helga's life she points out that this is one of her friends who was uh, a really big supporter of her this is the professor that introduced her this is another psychic who's also really responsible so it feels like Years later, when you would have your screen movies, these are the characters being laid out in front of you that might have a role to play here. Mm. Strangely enough, red herring because largely a lot of them just don't really appear very much after this. Yeah, um, that's true. But then this is when they also have the scene where they goes, "Come on, I know what cheer you up," because they they have like a little bit of a flirt together, and it sort of establishes them as a detective pair. Um, which is, oh, you're too sensitive and I tell you what, your arms, hands are shaking all the time. I know what I'd sort you right out. He's like, you're so rude, Gianna. You're the rudest person I've ever met, but I like you. Let's go and solve this murder together, by which I mean mostly on my own and I'll try and neglect you quite a bit. And he messes up the lock on a car. She's giving him a lift back to town and he <laughs> yeah, yeah, leans, on the, leans on the locking mechanism because our oh, mechanic has to open that now. You have to climb out the roof. He's right down. <laughs> He's having a lovely. <laughs> is that so? Is this when he goes back to her house and he just, for some reason, just starts being a horrible misogynist, that uh, unprompted? Yeah, yeah. I could have, I could have sworn they slept together or something. He is doing a show. Said, "Don't you feel better now?" But maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe change his shirt. Maybe just. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get it. I, I could, I could still. Yeah. So maybe. what does she? She says something about. I can't remember. She says your, something. That'll stop your hand shaking. <laughs> what does she say that sets him off on his like misogynist rant? He she says something like, Oh yeah, I'm I'm actually a strong independent woman. And he goes, 
Oh, for yeah. God's sake. Yeah, he like goes, actually, well, you might be strong, actually, but when it comes to men, I, I, Carlo, no, I, Carlo, I, Marcus, not Carlo, I think that we've got the absolute monopoly on, on brains than this one. He says women are more gentle. Initially, he says weak, but then he says he changes it to gentle. Um, yeah, he's just got to be in his bonnet about something. They just give it a rest in it. And the only way to settle it, of course... Is an arm wrestle. Everyone does. Yeah. I love it how she beats him twice and he is so livid. So the first thing is, come on, arm wrestle. We'll see you strong in this situation. And she's like a coiled spring. The first time he puts it, the second he touches his hand, she's like, slam. And he goes, oh, (laughs) hell, don't. Oh, you wouldn't have won. won And then they, I think this is where you get the extra minutes in here because this build-up to a second arm wrestle is much like it is in real life. It's right, I'm going to do this arm wrestle again. Now, don't start until I say, okay, because that's cheating. And keep your elbows on the table. And if you cheat, it doesn't count. Okay, so I'm going to count, all right? And he does like a countdown. And they have another arm wrestle. And then she takes her elbow off the table and slams him again, and he's livid. The thing is... When he says you caught me off guard, I'm like, well, maybe that's where true strength comes from. You know, you're going to be caught off guard in the in the real world. Yeah, strategy is a big part of strength, Marcus. Get you used need to, to it. be ready to go. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> and he says that he's going to go off for the day, and that was when. So at this point, are we thinking that Gianna is like genuinely interested in him, or is she just wanting to keep close to him so she can be close to the story? That's what I kind of felt. Well, she. I think she feels bad when especially when the murderer comes to Marcus's house because he's on the phone to Gianna as mm. the killer's outside going, oh, pretty get you, Marcus. Like like, um, like calling him out. And the, the child's music that we heard in the opening scene yep. sort of plays. plays they've, got the tape, they've got the tape recorder with them. They've got the, the murder mix on. Um, and he's on the phone to her and I think she feels... Does she feel like guilty about that and actually starts helping him investigate a little bit more? I think so. Here it says feeling guilty for endanger endangering him by taking his photo. Um, Gianna begins helping Marcus investigate. Yeah, because the whisper from the other door is like, "I'll kill you sooner or later." <laughs> Open the door. Go on then. Come on. <laughs> you have to be careful doing that though, because. This is an actual murder, not just someone on the internet. That's true. That's true. You can't do that. 1975, um, when this came out, they actually would get you. They would. They cleaver me to death. Yeah. Um, so after Marcus uh, talks to Giordani, who he met at Helga's funeral, about the encounter, um, Giordani mentions that Helga talks about the child's song that she heard during her vision. Um, and apparently there's a book with modern folklore describing a local haunted house where a child's song is sometimes heard. So Marcus goes to the library to get go and investigate that straight away. Of course. course. I love a good library trip in like any sort of um, investigating mystery movie or something like that. I love a good library trip. Like it's one of my favorite scenes from seven, I think with Morgan Freeman sat in the library and the, like those little green lamps on and you're going through all the stuff, trying to find out. That's great. I love catching it. Up, catching up on his reading to make sure he's done adequate research. Is this the point where we get the... This feels like a big departure, just like an extra additional murder. It feels like the film hasn't had a murder for a little bit. So Yeah, it takes a while between the first murder and the second murder. Like a, a long while. Yeah, like the investigation mm-hmm. is in full swing. They're just... 
they're just investigating one standard murder. Yeah. Um, who, who's killed second? It's the hot uh, bath lady. Yeah, the woman. Uh, yeah, that gets oh, yeah. kind of um, scorched in the hot water. He, yeah. Uh, yeah, puts her face down and then she just lays there and tries to write something uh, in the steam. Yeah, she tries to write like on the mirror, like it was. Um, they, I think they're invent like trying to write up who the murderer is, but it's been we don't get the full picture. Yeah. So why was the second woman killed? What? How was she linked to to everything? Do we know? You know what? I'm not entirely sure because I it, it's the dreamlike quality we sometimes get in oh, movies. I think I know who it is. Go on. It's the book's author. Ah, the book's author. So that's why she feels unconnected because, as far as we're yeah. concerned, she's not going to get. She just wrote. A Imagine book. that. I wrote a book, and in it, I write about a child's song during something, and I'm getting killed for that. Harsh. No, no one is safe. No one is safe. You write no one, one Buzzfeed safe. article, and the next thing you know, <laughs> scalded in a bath. Oh, yeah. And it is pretty horrific, man. The old scalding. How hot can you get that bath? That's oh, dangerous. It's the seventies, Ben. No energy crisis then. Yeah, because first, uh, I I forgot what, uh, something happens to her before she's scolded in the water. Yeah, she gets um, like she gets slammed in the against the wall or something, and then yeah. we see a bit of blood, and she kind of falls, slumps yeah. down. Then she I thought she was already dead. Bed. Uh, you can see her eyelid like move when she's lying there, and then he's heating up the water, tapping up the bath. So it's quite quite drawn out, but it's it's mm. quite sorry our gentlest. Because the killer has yeah. to put the immersion on. Like, come on, yeah. twenty yeah, minutes, I'll be ready yeah. for a bath. <laughs> yeah, but I, I really like that it's kind of dragged out and it's it's long and I don't know it makes the murder so much more special than if it's just quick and then it's done. Yeah, Meti- how often meticulous. do we get one of these films with like a murder mystery? Like, you know, your your murder scene will effectively be someone opening a door going. It's you, and then the, like they get they gasp, and then the it cuts, and then next thing you know we see them like just dead, yeah. dead on the floor. Yeah, take your time to kill people. That's what I say. Yeah, uh, put, the, put the hot water on. Uh, really savor it. Really savor that murder. Um, yeah. and yeah, because of this, um, Marcus goes to the house of the book's author. Um, sometimes I, think... I read a book and go, must thank the author <laughs> for this. And luckily, they live very close by. Of course. I'm gonna... Yeah. <laughs> um. So I think that happens before Marcus arrives, isn't it? So he, it's really weird. When he sees the body, it's like a really weird way of him looking at it. He doesn't seem that shocked at all. He's almost like, oh, right. Yeah, he arrives kind of just in time for himself to sort of implicate himself in the murder. He's like, oh, well, better touch everything. Yeah. Um, Better touch everything, not phone the police and leave immediately. So we can speculate how the police will definitely find my fingerprints there and then yeah. want to talk to me because I'll be a suspect. It's all right. The police officer is too busy having a sandwich. So he's not he's not bothered to be fair. But another detective comes around and immediately thinks, right, let's put the hot water on, see if any patterns form in the steam. I love how the landlady comes in when the other person's like investigating. What have you got the old water on for? My thoughts exactly. <laughs> And he's like, I'm from solving a murder. He's like, with hot water? Yeah. 
Like a yeah. This is how I do it. Jonathan every Creek. Every time, style. every time. <laughs> An absolute genius. Uh okay, so from that, Marcus uses a photo that he found in the book. Um, or a photo that was in the book to find this like abandoned house. Um, this is great, though, isn't it? Because it's almost like it is, it's kind of happening like a video game, like in a point and click adventure game where you find the next clue, then you find the next place to go, and then you show go someone the right item. These things. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Especially when he like has to dig underneath the plaster to find this like mural that's there. Oh, I just yeah. think... Before we get to the digging under the plaster, though, we get a new. For me, this was a suspect for a little while. So he goes to the town, meets like a guy who's just running a market stall, and he says to him, oh, shows where this house is, and the little girl goes to him, and the dad calls the girl back, and he gives her like a slap, oh, so hang on, oh, you're a yeah. bad dad. But it turns out she was... But then I think and then she does like a little grin, like licks the blood off her lips, and then just skips on off to show the guy the house, and I think, okay, the dad's weird, but you're also weird. And then when we see back... See a poor little lizard with a pin in him. Oh. But well, they're they're not linked to anything though, are they? Just no, we looked we looked we looked it up though, where I can confirm, even though it looked really realistic, and I was like, oh no, do I have to be against this now? Because they pinned an actual poor little lizard. Apparently, although it looked very realistic, it was a fake pin and the lizard was fine. Oh, well that's good. Because oh, because the author who was killed before, we've got to say that like a bird sort of flies at her, doesn't it? And she ends up Yeah. She gets, spooked, she gets spooked by a bird before she gets bashed. That was a scare, though. That scared me, the bird. Yeah, birds are scary. You're unpredictable. <laughs> birds outside, Ben. Lovely. Look, how, look at the beautiful and peaceful <laughs> scenario that comes in as soon as a bird is in the confines of a house. Yeah. <laughs> That's scary. Um, so, yeah, he digs underneath the, the plaster, finds this mural... Um, which is like a child holding a bloody knife over a dead body. Orgy of um, evidence of child killer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But doesn't it like he walks away and then it, even more of it falls away and there's another figure. It's like, oh, commit to... Yeah, there's like a tiny piece that kind of just falls down. Yeah. And, yeah, revealing, yeah, even more. So he hasn't got all of the information, Marcus. God damn it. There's yeah. another draw. Yeah, there's a bigger, there's a bigger figure. Yeah. Um, and as while this is happening, Giordani obviously was with Helga at the start and has been helping Marcus. This is when he gets he does the steam he does the steam clue, doesn't he? That's Giordani. Uh, yeah, is that right? The the guy with Noel Edmonds looking guy. Yeah, I think he's the one that does the steam clue. Maybe. Yeah, and he gets terrorized by the killer using a a, a large mechanical doll who's like a cross between. Slappy, um, what's the sore one called? Billy. Oh, Billy. Billy, yeah, like a cross between yeah. those sort Slappy of. Slappy yeah, Billy, a like... little bit of Chucky yeah. in there because he is ginger. This little yeah. dolly. I just love how the doll just walks in, like it's it's just so fast, and the arms are like kind of moving yeah. in a fun way, and yeah, it's it's, it's creepy. It's kind of creepy. It is creepy. Like oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, and... this murderous doll wasn't ready for though. Bonk on the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's he, all, that's that's their weakness. Famously, if you ever face some dolls in real life, listeners, bonk them on the head. That's how you deal with it. Yeah, especially if they are made of porcelain or something. Yeah, yeah. 
the first thing to do. I mean, it is it is we're about to mention his eyebrows again because eyebrows are a running theme in this episode. It seems while Marcus Daly, uh, David Hemmings went on to have crazy, bushy, ridiculous eyebrows. This guy's eyebrows, incredibly pencil thin, meticulously drawn on his face. I mean, I the like shape it. of this is very similar to what to what David would go on to, to exactly. Grow. Maybe he was inspired by these eyebrows because they're the the similarity is uncanny. This is like, yeah. It's like looking in a mirror with a vision of the future. Um, We need to get a side by side of these two (laughs) to see what the actual... See what it was. But unfortunately, because that's what I love about these movies. Talk about the filmmaking for a bit here. Because they can be so surreal and so out there i didn't for a second think it's ridiculous there's a mechanical doll attacking this man like i would have been quite willing to believe the killer could have set that up it could it could probably compel a doll to to murder you like i'm not i'm not against this as a like my my disbelief is fully suspended and then unfortunately for giordani though is that he does bonk the doll on the head and remove that threat but he forgets to look behind the curtains where the actual killer is, and he finds himself getting cornered, by which I don't mean being trapped in a corner with nowhere to run. I no. mean being physically bashed by several corners in the lip, room. Yeah, lip, like lip one first. corner, another, and, it, and also drawn, very drawn out. And I was like, damn, he's hitting every corner. And those tears. It's like... You know when you like baby proof a house or something and you get all the corners like protected so babies don't want little foam on them, yeah. Little, little soft heads on it. That's what he should have done because he got smashed. It was lip first every time as well. And it was like, so I'm going to smash this guy lips first into it. Just turn yeah. your head to the side, Giordani. <laughs> it's still hurt. Um, but wouldn't you rather be cheeks than cornered in the gob? Like he's literally going towards the fireplace, like ah, well, and then straight down to the coffee table, getting the corner of that as well. Corners yeah. right in the chops every time. If Giordani was a new dad, and he had baby-proofed the house, he'd been fine. He would have laughed it off. He would have gone. <laughs> he could have waited there until the police came round for unconnected business. No one would even have to phone him. The the killer's still there, <laughs> bashing your head into the corners, and it's like honestly, you're wasting your own time. I'm gonna I'm gonna slam your head in this baby proof drawer if I could just get it open. <laughs> if I could just get it open, I'm gonna slam your head in it. <laughs> but unfortunately he's not baby proof the house. Yeah. And um yeah, he's in a bit of trouble. Yeah, and then he gets stabbed. Yeah. In the... Oh yeah, I forgot about that, but that would kill him. I forgot about that key. I, I, the killer couldn't have done it until he'd already cornered all of his teeth out. <laughs> Um, so after that, we go back to Marcus in in the building, and he like finds again he he is definitely in a point and click adventure game because he finds like a ward off room. He's collected um, he's collected like the wall smashing axe, so he can go and like dig his way through like three walls of the house. Yeah, um, and in the there, next level. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in the ward off room, he finds what's in there? Corpse. Yeah. Oh. Desiccated mummy in the Christmas room. Yeah, I mean, commitment episode... to hiding a murder, right? It's like, oh god, there's been a murder in this room. I don't want to clean up. Shall I just brick brick it off? 
I think they have used uh, the cover of the corpse for uh, some of the deep red covers, also uh, DVDs. Ah, yeah. ah, okay. So this is the like the the body sat in the chair. Mm. Yeah. This, I hate to do it again, and I apologise to everybody listening and 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 to my co-hosts, both of you. This is the exact same plot as an episode of Jonathan Creek, <laughs> where a man a man disappears from a room. And they're like, how did he get in or out? There was no way in or out. And he ends up, he's dead in the wall. Yeah. I mean, so, I'm not going to, I mean, we're here to spoil and go through the plot of Deep Red, but I'm not going to spoil how that happens with Jonathan Creek. So Sarah, okay, if you okay. end up watching this Jonathan Creek show, then you'll find out how he, how Ali got away I just with feel that like I'm, I'm glad that. Now. Yeah, I definitely will. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's like the <laughs> second ever one. I think that's the second one it's called. Hang on. The yeah, Wrestler's Tomb. The Wrestler's yeah. Tomb. Okay. That is what it's called, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It is good. Like, I'm, not, I'm not just saying this. It is good. It's very 90s. It's very it's very British, but it's great. I used to love what I watched it like as a really young kid. And... Oh, I've watched it. I've watched it not that long ago. I watched it all again in lockdown. It was on on the iPlayer or something. Did they do like a, a fairly new bunch of episodes as well? Yeah, he's eventually he's eventually married to I forget the actor's name, but there's an ones where he's older and he's a normal married man now, not living in a windmill. Um, but the windmill ones are the best ones. Good times, okay. good times. Um, and of course, anybody listening, if you're a fan of Jonathan Creek, please tell us what your favorite episode is. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do. We'll do a bonus episode. Hundred percent on Jonathan Creeks. <laughs> So when Marcus is looking at this desiccated corpse, somebody smashes him in the crust um, and knocks him unconscious. Yeah, he's been bonked um, on the head. And this is where I got a new suspicion. Okay. I was think my suspicion at this point was Gianna. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Me as well. I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, Especially you saved him, he... did you? Saved him. Yeah. And now the house is conveniently on fire. All the evidence is gone. And you wear eyeliner. And she yeah, was and also being being a bit weird. The way she delivers her lines are just yeah. very suspicious. I'm 100%. like, why are she, se- she seemed very? Like she was talking differently than when the how she was before. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Paul, Jana, it's you, it's you. Because um, she's quite was... cheerful most of the time, right? She's a right laugh. Um, <laughs> but she says, "I got your message about investigating the house, and I arrived just in time to save you." from the burning house so i've saved your life now you owe me not only did i arm wrestle you but i've also saved you so you're my bitch now <laughs> i mean they've made up a little bit they've had some time where they've got to get they've made up because they did that bit earlier where they drank load of miniatures in the car oh yeah was that not in your version ben where, she, where they have true. maybe true. not maybe not i can't remember where she's yeah, like sambuca she was like cognac. oh yeah, and she was trying to pers- uh, persuade him to come uh, to her place. Just like, we yeah. would be more comfortable at my place, you know? And he's like, no, oh, <laughs> yeah. He's just like, he is so blasé, so unaware of her advances. He's just like, I'd rather have in the car. What do you want to do in the bedroom for? I'd rather have a drink in the car. It's much more comfortable. <laughs> he's like, what's his name from Married with Children? Stop trying to have sex with me, all right? I just, I just want to... <laughs> I just, want to, <laughs> I just want to have drinks from your glove box. Thanks. Little mini bar that she's got <laughs> set in a little little Fiat that she drives around in. Hell yeah. No working so doors, good. but 
literally any obscure spirit that you might get in a uh, in a mini. Don't park. lock the door. You you got to get a mechanic to open it up. Good. Um. Okay. So then after that is when they wait at the caretaker's house for police, and this is when Marcus notices that the the caretaker's daughter, we've already mentioned before, has drawn a picture identical to the hidden mural in the house. Um, but she tells him she saw the picture in the archives of the local school. New place to investigate unlocked. Yeah. What a good what a good school though, literally keeping the drawings of children. Imagine that. All right, I've it's drawn a picture strange, of like drawn like <laughs> I don't keep, kids, I, they are the future of that, but sometimes their artwork is shit, right? I don't keep so, drawings of my own daughter that she's done. I don't worry, Ben, the school's been keeping them. You go you, you go, my fridge. Yeah. It's been on the fridge for a couple of weeks. Put it in Don't worry, the school's, the school's kept a couple. You'll be able to go back to you'll be able to go back to your daughter's like primary school. But let's have a look in the 2008 file then. Ah, yes. <laughs> Very nice. Spelling tests um, and pictures for days. So they immediately go to the school. Uh, Marcus finds a drawing in a schoolboy's record. It's as easy as that. That's all you need. You don't need any other information. You don't need the name of anyone. You just, you'll find it. Um, and then when Gianna goes to call the police, somebody unseen stabs her. I still thought it was going to be her because she wandered yeah. off. And then when Marcus is going, yeah, I found found the clue here. Yeah, come on up, Gianna. I found the clue. Come and then there's like a shadow looming over him that doesn't look too dissimilar to her. It could be her. And then it yeah. sort of looms away. And then I thought it was going to be her trapping him, but didn't I feel guilty that I'd had such a low opinion of her because she's got a knife stuck in the tongue. Does she die as well? No, nah, she gets better. Oh, she gets better, that's right. I was worried about it then. Um, and so basically, when he Marcus manages to corner the attacker, it's revealed that the attacker is, or at least what we think at this point, Carlo, his friend from earlier, drunk man, Lovely curly hair, looks a bit like Leo Sayer. Um, who but <laughs> wielding a mean pistol. He's wielding a mean pistol. Uh, who as a child drew those disturbing pictures. This is all this is all true at this point. This is all correct. He drew those disturbing pictures. The police arrived. Uh one of the police throws a sandwich at him, doesn't work, so they start shooting at him. Uh, yeah. And then Carl can imagine him. that that's definitely isn't what happened, but now I can imagine because the police basically burst in through a window, don't they? Almost. Yeah. I can almost imagine him like with a sandwich hanging out of his mouth. It definitely doesn't happen, but in my mind, that is what it mm. is. Now, I can only say that what happens to Carlo is both humiliating, hilarious, and in a way, like, who's to blame for this? Oh, I just, my notes on this part, Ben, are just bin men ex machina. <laughs> <laughs> this just because they're having a lovely chat in the front seat. So what happens? So he just only they have a lovely chat, but there happened, there just happens to be a hook at the back of the bin lorry <laughs> yeah. that could that could hook someone. And he <laughs> just happens to to spin into the streets. It's so ridiculous. Because then, imagine, yeah. imagine if this man hadn't just been in, like embroiled in a in a murder conspiracy or whatever. If this just happened to anyone on the street. Like <laughs> horrifically dragged by a by a, by a garbage van to their death. It wouldn't have happened. So many, so many things. Because if he hadn't been sort of hesitating and looking back to see if the police were following him, 
he wouldn't have just stepped in the way in front of the bin men so he gets spun around like Sarah says gets hooked gets dragged along like Biff Tannen but instead gets of his head smashed into various curbs yeah. until he's unconscious yeah and all all the while the the bin men are having a lovely chat what are they talking about last night's <laughs> last night's Jonathan Creek <laughs> yeah last night's Jonathan yeah, Creek probably. how probably. did he do it <laughs> It's horrific. I was like, even though at this point I was thinking he's the killer, I was still at this point thinking, this is horrible. Poor guy. <laughs> he dragged along and like the, some others do. Yeah. And then the car comes and just crashes his head. Yeah. Oh, man. Because he could have been Brutal. all right after that. If he just Did they been... realize that the bin men really realize at the moment, like, what's going on here? Someone's, someone's going on. Someone's on the back. Yeah, because they were realizing it uh, towards the end. Uh, if I mm. remember correctly, yeah, like something like, hmm? and then... that, or they just go, "Oh, you've missed a bin there. Oh, stop! <laughs> <laughs> you missed a bin there. Oh no, there's there's a there's a man with his head smushed. Um, bash this man off several curves, but then yeah, someone else just coming round, going too fast in a residential, certainly on bin day, um, runs over his head and squashes it. They love a head squash in this this era mm. of movie. Yeah, Jalo loves a head squash. Um, and that, that could have easily been it, but no, there's still more. There's still more to un, unravel. Just in the last mystery. five minutes of the film. So literally we wrap up the Gianna story where um, Marcus has a quick chat with the doctor. She's not in the film again. Doesn't visit her in the hospital. He just, there's a little conversation where it's like, is Gianna all right? And the surgeon goes, yeah, she's poorly. And actually it was really... I love it how the surgeon goes, your surgery is really difficult, actually, but yeah, it's fine. She'll be fine <laughs> and tomorrow. halfway through the surgery, she woke up and challenged me to an arm wrestling match. Who's doing, this, you... who's doing this surgery? Everyone's. <laughs> Which, of course, she beat me. Um, he wasn't ready, yeah. though. I don't know if you know that. But um, no. yeah, so she's going to be fine. And then Marcus just has time. Not willing to just dust his hands off. He has a little thought to himself. Mm. Hang on a minute. Old um, old matey there, Carlo. He saw the first murder with me. It was right there. Yeah. So how could um, he have been the murderer? So while he's thinking about this, he goes back to Helga's apartment. You can get in there. It's fine. What's that? Oh, there's only masking tape keeping it closed. There's <laughs> <laughs> um, some masking and... tape over the door that says, don't open this. Police and, work. And it... And it all comes down to that painting that was missing. Um, and he realises that what he saw wasn't actually a painting at all. What was it? It was a mirror all along. It was a I'm mirror. always... I, I I'm always... Oh, when, I, when I saw that first time, I was like... Oh. Oh, and when I saw right. the face... And the, oh. Yeah, it is good. I'm always mistaking mirrors and paintings. I'm always walking past my mirror going... What a lovely work of art. It's just me. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> yeah, so he has this epiphany and essentially as soon as it happens, um, he realizes who he saw and it was. Who was it? It was Carlos mom. Carlos mom. Was Maria. Carlos mom. Movie star. Martha. Martha. Carlos... Why did you say that name? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Martha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, years so later, she, the most important name in cinema. She immediately appears behind him with a meat cleaver, 
Um, and it's then... a good job she was there to listen to that epiphany. Yeah, exactly. She just yeah. wanted to make sure that he had the right epiphany at the right time. Um, and then we get a flashback to the first murder and essentially what happened. Martha was having a bad time of it. She was potentially mentally unwell. She'd been to an asylum and her dad, her husband, not her dad, is saying, I'm going to recommit you to that insane asylum. She's like, I won't go back. I won't. And then we see a young Carlo in his lovely little socks. Having Christmas. And the dad comes in. It's like, all right. He does the like generic, like, is that just holds his hands out to the little boy, like, hey, it's all going to be all right. As long as nothing happens behind me at this second, <laughs> we're going to have such a lovely Christmas. Merry Christmas, son. I know we've had a bad time lately, but I think things are finally looking up. Ah! <laughs> yeah. And then it's a wonderful night happens. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> Maybe this is the plot of It's a Wonderful Night. Um, so she stabs him in the back in front of young Carlo. Carlo picks up the knife and has a look at the lovely bright red blood. Um, which <laughs> Jinx, I'll tell you what, I've got an idea for a drawing at school tomorrow. I've got a cracking idea for a drawing at school. This is why <laughs> I'm scared. Get, get back to school in January. So draw us a picture of your Christmas holidays. This is lovely. Is this when your dad was... Sorry, your mum was cutting the turkey. Um, that's cranberry sauce on there. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Ben, you've just triggered another bloody Mrs. Radford memory. She was covering us in year four, Ben. And <laughs> she got us to draw some uh, like pictures related to our, our Christmas. Yeah. We drew a little picture and wrote some sentences about what we'd done. I got a little toy robot, so I wrote about it. And um, she corrected my writing of robot to that I got a toy rabbit. But having the confidence of only a six-year-old at the time, not wishing to, you know, argue with an adult, I just corrected my drawing instead and drew some ears on the... This is no rapid, of course, more trauma in my life. That's than... horrific. Oh, I think she's probably up there as one of my biggest enemies. She's not a fictional character, Sarah. This is a teacher in real life <laughs> that has tormented me as a child. I can only take solace in the fact that she was probably in her 60s in 19 in the late 80s so i think time has probably dealt with that enemy for me at this point but she's um, worm food sorry no, rest in peace um you know we just disagreed it wasn't she didn't do me any serious harm you know god bless teachers but um <laughs> but yeah still triggered unfortunately by that memory so i've had as much trauma as carlos at this point yeah but you've dealt with it in a, in a better way i would say um but yeah martha goes for marcus hits him with the cleaver um but then she gets her old dangly necklace caught up in the like bars of the elevator of the lift door. unfortunately she has made a mistake in a murdering outfit so really good for hiding your identity mm. she had the hat the coat the gloves we couldn't tell who she was this whole time but she has accidentally worn an absolutely, well, very dangly, an absolutely indestructible necklace. It's the it's the heart of the ocean from Titanic that she's got dangling. <laughs> also, if you're like an adamantium chain, if you're a killer, I think you've got time to have a hat and a coat and stuff. Don't accessorize. I feel like that's taking yeah. it one step too far. Yeah, don't don't overdo it. Just you know, keep it. Sometimes simple. less is more. You can be you, your killer's outfit can be a bit too busy. I find. Yeah. Um, but essentially what happens is Marcus sends the elevator down and it decapitates. So I don't know what Marcus was expecting to happen because he seems absolutely horrified when her head comes off. What have I done? 
and that's it, isn't it? Well, that was it in my version. Is there anything else in the director's cut? Yeah, it's another half an hour, Benny. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. We seem to have the same the same plot points. I think we might have just done more musical numbers in our extended version. Yeah, it was probably bulked out more with like that running in a bath scene. I reckon was at least an extra twenty minutes. Oh yeah, know. the bath runs for ages. <laughs> there we go. Then that is uh, that's deep red. Um, Andy, have you got any? Have you got any name game? I've got some name game for you, Ben. You've got some name game. I'm gonna. You're gonna explain that. I'm gonna let you take the lead on name game because I'm not very happy with mine. Have you got? Have you got a few? Uh, yes, I've got four for you today. Wow. Okay. So, um, basically, Sarah, what we're gonna do is we're gonna give you a synopsis to a movie that sounds a bit like Deep Red. It'll just rhyme with Deep Red. Um, and based on the synopsis, you have to give us the title of the film. After one example, it will become very clear. Are you ready then? So what's the synopsis of Deep Red, Ben? Uh, a jazz pianist and a wisecracking journalist. Is she wisecracking? Are pulled yeah. into a complex web of mystery after the former witnesses the brutal murder of a psychic. So a uh, a jazz journalist, a jazz musician and a wisecracking journalist turned their hands to cinema. But as award season approaches, they start to get a terrible fear that their film is going to be up against a really well-known and respected actress who's won loads of these Oscars. Oh. <laughs> so what are they suffering from? Meryl Streep. Yeah. Streep. Hmm. But, uh, are, are they all horror movies? They're oh no they're they're made up movies they just rhyme the title just oh. rhymes with uh, oh, okay. with with deep red so it is street Ben but they're really worried about going up against her. Oh okay. Street. Um, they're worried. Oh, they're they're, 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 they're terrified of it. They oh god I can't believe oh I'm so scared we're not going to win this Oscar because we're up against Streep. What have they got? <laughs> Streep. I don't know. They've got oh, Streep I... Dread, is what they've oh, got. Oh, Dread! Streep oh. Dread. Is that the film Streep there? Dread. Oh. Okay. okay. <laughs> that was, I'm usually a bit better. I couldn't, I couldn't even think of the word, couldn't even fathom the word Dread in my head then. Jesus. Okay, so here's here's your second one for you. Okay. Um, so a jazz pianist and a, uh, a quirky and wisecracking journalist they do some investigative work in uh, the town of Springfield, where it turns out the Simpsons' neighbour is not as nice as it once seemed. As he once seems. So it's Ned. Yeah. Is he a creep? Creep Ned? Creep Ned, correct. That was fair. Wow. <laughs> do, do, you know, do you know why? Do you know why I got that so quickly? Go on. Because I wrote that down. Did you write Creep Ned as well? I wrote Creep Ned, dang. Creep Ned. Right, you got that one. I got two more for you. Um, here's the next one. Um, on a live day, not a live, on a recorded daytime television programme, Stephen, Stephen Mulhern, or other daytime television presenter... This is going to be too British as well, isn't it? <laughs> it, does, it doesn't the... matter who it is. So a daytime television presenter is slagging someone off who he thinks is a right idiot. But obviously, because of it being on the daytime, the thing he says is partially censored. 
Jesus. <laughs> what what does the daytime TV have to do with it? Is that not relevant? It's important that it's on at daytime because it has to be censored. They can't just broadcast it in its full form. Is it something with a beep or it is beep? Beep. Beeps um... said? No, he's not said. No. He's saying, oh, this guy, what an absolute... Beephead? Beephead, correct. <laughs> he called him an absolute beephead. Can you tell us what the word would have actually been? Shit. Shithead. <laughs> Shithead, right. Um, and the last one. Um, wanting a uh, less serious line of line of work, the... Mythologi- mythological personification of death stops collecting the souls of humans and just harvests grains to make um to make uh, wholesome wholesome foods. Is it reap? Yeah, bread. Reap bread. Correct. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> that is all is, I, I have like for this, is, this week. This is. This version was difficult because I feel like we've had the words deep and red in ti- loads of titles over, yes. the, over the years. Deep red has been up many times, but quite pleased with what we came up with in the end. And what I you wasn't came, what, entirely... What, what you came up with. It wasn't entirely done on British television. <laughs> okay. Um, right. So we've got to rate the movie A to F, pluses and minuses are, of a, are allowed as well. Um rate good or rate bad how would you rate the movie sarah how would you rate deep red uh i will rate it a great a just because of the perfect ending and the twist i I just love the mirror thing so much and i remember just watching it the first time it it just blew me away it was like wow what that was a mirror so and also really cool little detail in that and the music Mm -hmm. and the murders and it's an amazing show. Hell yes, uh, Andy. <laughs> what, what? How? How do you? How do you rate this one? Um, I am. Good. I also enjoyed this, and I have to pay out any film that I, I tried to guess the murder, and I didn't. I didn't. I didn't even think no that it, who who, it, who it, that it might have been her again. I'd blamed the little the little girl who might be a horrible lizard torturer. I blamed. <laughs> I blamed Gianna. I blamed Claudia Winkleman. I blamed Veruca Salt. I blamed all these characters. Several of them weren't even in the film. Never did I see it coming that it was that one. So I have to pay that one out. Um, the music is so phenomenal. The music in these Jalan movies, Dario Gento movies particularly, goes so, so hard. I love it. Um, and put like a good bit of... Um, a good bit of work into like really drawing out those kills as well. I did on reflection. I know my first reaction when I saw it was Oof, north of two hours. That's a bit long. So maybe I'll like the slightly punchier pace of the, of the cut version as well. I've got yeah. no time to experience that before finishing that sentence, but I'm still going to take it into account <laughs> that the things I might have a slight issue with are, imminently solvable and the version that I can watch on Shudder right now has that on there so gonna land a nice B on that all things considered for a first watching and I think Hmm. now knowing it this is one of those films that I'm really motivated to go back and watch again to see how even now knowing the ending 
I think I yeah. would really like to watch it again to see how it meters out those clues for me and what I'll see if mm -hmm. I watch it from the start. Yeah, um, when I uh, rewatched it now, I noticed that he keeps mentioning the painting so many times. Like, I didn't think about it the first time I saw it, but now he mentions, oh, there was something about the painting. Like, a lot. Yeah, so... Yeah, the first time, oh, stop going on about it. It's not a clue. <laughs> Almost like he wants the audience to remember so that when that reveal happens, it makes sense. Yeah. Whereas with us, I feel like I treated it in the same way as, like, the police treated it, where I kind of just glossed over it, didn't yeah, really think it was a big deal. Took another bite of your sandwich and moved on, didn't you? I sure did. Um, I'm going to go for... A B minus. I wouldn't say it's like one of my favorite Jalo movies. Um, I enjoyed it. I think perhaps, yeah, coming back to it after a while, probably would enjoy it more. But I think, yeah, great reveal, great soundtrack, um, some really good visuals as well. A solid entry in in the sort of Jalo film filmography. I would say, yeah. There we go then. Uh, that is Deep Red. Thanks so much for joining us, Sarah. It's been a blast. Where yeah, thank can you I? For <laughs> no problem at all where can our listeners keep up to speed with everything that you're putting out from your films from the sarah of horror uh festival yeah how can like we that? get into this festival to get and watch what's going on yeah uh so uh, i have an instagram called sarah of horror and also an instagram for my online film festival called sarah of horror festival so if you type in sarah of horror on youtube or uh facebook or instagram then everything will pop up <laughs> probably amazing yeah and then uh, you can also type in bunny man slaughter on facebook and you will oh, yeah. find the page and updates and my production company on instagram is bloody fierce productions so there are also Sweet. updates on my work there we will put um all of our all of those links in the show notes as well um Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you enjoyed the show, become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash horror hangout. Thanks to all our patrons. Thanks to Taj Easton for our theme music. Thanks to Acast for hosting the show. Please consider giving us a rating or review and head over to the Facebook group Horror Hangout Board of Advisors for more. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Discord now. Um, and next week, it will be our Halloween special. And we are covering Halloween free Season of the Witch. Which more just days said... to Halloween, everybody, or by the time you hear that, less. <laughs> less. Um, 40, what, the 41st anniversary of that film was yesterday, the 22nd of October, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. But yeah, look, looking forward to that. Looking forward Can't to covering wait it. To this again. I think the more I think about it, maybe my fa favorite in the series. It's so ridiculous. I can't wait. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, but thanks again, Sarah. And happy Thank Halloween. <laughs> yeah, happy Halloween, Sarah. Happy and Halloween. For everyone else, watch out for the bin lorries, for goodness sake. Come on. <laughs> watch Most out, there's not a giant, a giant hook on the back of any truck that goes past you, because <laughs> yeah. you'll get dragged, smash your head on the curb, and then your head will be run over as well. So please yeah, take like, care. Look left well, and I'm right. going to be watching the news, everybody, from around the world. I'm going to be so disappointed if I hear a single one of you has died that way in the next seven days or beyond 100%. just be real careful out there okay and on also find out when bin day is stay in alan davis if you're listening you probably owe us something for mentioning jonathan creek so many times <laughs> on this show an unprecedented <laughs> amount okay i tell you what alan you know what you can owe us we'll call it quits just do one more bring us another just mystery bring him back one more yeah. jonathan creek i know you're alan davis actor and comedian in your own right and qi has done a lot for you as well but 
One more Jonathan Creek wouldn't hurt. Come on. Just one more. Right. See you later, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.